La opinión de descuento. Bienvenidos a la opinión de descuento. Yo me llamo Nico Gas, mi co-host es Oscar y hoy vamos a hablar sobre eventos de hoy. Dude, it's embarrassing. This is one of those moments when you realize you can't speak Spanish. Anyways, uh, welcome to the Discount Opinion. My name is Nicholas. This is Oscar. Uh, this is a podcast where we just talk about, we basically just shoot the shit, whatever's on our mind, kind of our interests. We're both into movies, TV. It might TV. be more specified later once we figure shit out. Oscar doesn't want to talk about politics. I only want to talk about politics. Exactly. It'll be so very we'll interesting. Out, we're going to start out with politics, but it's more, it's less targeted. It's less targeted. It just seems apropos considering the current It's more climate. targeted, but it's less targeted. Okay. It's not any specific political. No, we're like the Epoch Times. Okay. We're non-biased media. You get those ads? No. It's so funny. The, the, it's like the Epoch Times, the only news organization that isn't owned by six major corporations and the only ones telling you the truth about what's happening on the U.S.-Mexico border and the truth about how the they FBI is corrupt and the truth. <laughs> they dude, they're sus. No, dude, any news corporation that says we're not biased, the most biased. Like... <laughs> Your trusted news source. Uh, <laughs> the doctor with the least deaths. The do- <laughs> that is, that's the doctor with the most deaths. Wait, <laughs> you know, my dad always talks about like what's a leading question in in court. Like they, they like a bad lo- or like good lawyer would start with. It's like, so when did you stop beating your wife? Like, <laughs> like you have no good answer. You have oh, no good oh, answer. No. <laughs> Decline, decline. You still there? Is who still there? You. Bro, Zoom don't work that way, son. Um, who called you? Who do you think? I actually Craig don't know. Craigslist Greg. <laughs> Craigslist Greg. <laughs> Let's just keep that in. Craigslist Greg and make it like a running. Okay. No, we're, we're off. We have to be on point here. Okay, so. On point. So you were talking about. Talk- Political what I want to talk about cynics. was was political cynics exactly, mm-hmm. and it's not my. I mean, nothing wrong with a, a healthy dose of cynicism, mm-hmm. right? Um, but and it's always good to have new ideas in politics. You know, different approaches. Maybe this isn't working historically, so we try something else. But my problem is people who you know, always talk about all these issues, talk about how fucked the system is and never offer solutions. Are you saying on both the right and the left or specifically yeah, the left? Yeah, I'm talking about, I mean, I mean I'm talking more, more about the left because mm-hmm. what I'm more experienced with. But yeah, on both sides, it's just, it's so frustrating to hear someone complain again and again and again and again and again, and again about capitalism mm-hmm. and about how, you know, the Dems... The Dems. Just, uh, the Dems are just as bad as the Republicans and how they're also destroying America. See, see that actually is where I think I kind of separate, right? It's the then, people who are... To offer a solution. What's your fucking solution? Yeah, I, I do generally have a problem with when people are overtly anti-America. Because then I am confused. Then I truly am. Like, I'm like, wait, so you want to solve the problem or you're just saying it's bad? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this today. It was like um, a hyper 
you know, hyper caring, you know. Yeah, a hyper Karen? Is that what you just said? Caring, caring, caring. So you have someone who, so always, you know, like that person you have, you know, and me, I know I have many of those people, but someone who's always posting, always good stuff, mm-hmm. but it's, over, it's all across the board. Wait, you know? inconsistent? Like It's not inconsistent, but it's like this thing, then 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 this social issue, then this social issue. Like, it's good to care about other people. I agree. But when it's, it's like, you know, issue of the week, mm. it comes across as disingenuous. Mm. And it also comes across as pointless. I mean, if you're going to talk about, you know, people starving in Yemen, mm-hmm. please, like, dedicate your time to that. Yeah. Um, like, I haven't really made too many comments on that. I mean, I'll make a couple comments publicly. Mm-hmm. Really, I want to focus on what I'm focusing on, right? Yeah. I want to focus on Black Lives Matter right now. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on, on right now, personally, what I'm focusing on is, is uh, men's place in society in terms of how they interact with women and, like, how we were raised. True. Um, that's a raised. huge thing. And that's my, right, like, I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying you can't be interested in more than one thing. Yeah, but it's so important to like really care about an issue and put your all your time into it. You know, you can put all your time into multiple issues, but really, like, if you're gonna dedicate, like, if you care about an issue, dedicate time to it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see what you mean, and I think that that makes sense. But I, th- I mean, you say, what was your term? Hyper caring or ultra caring? Oh, it's so hyper caring or like hyper activism. Well, I mean. I think it comes from a place of probably like extreme desperation in a way, right? Like you feel like everything is so hopeless and you see all these different, like point out like A, B. Also, what's very interesting, it's funny that you say like, you know, dedicate your time to say like Black Lives Matter versus dedicating your time to like the strife in Yemen, right? I saw this video where it's this dude basically like ranting about how like why Americans have no right to complain about anything that's happening in America when they're not speaking up about like blank in India, blank in the, like, and it's like, wait, so the reason you shouldn't be upset about bad things here is because bad things happen everywhere. Like, I mean, it, it's kind and of then, different. You know, we have to talk about like, you know, American interventionism. Whoa, that's a heavy topic. That's even I, heavy. I'm not to getting me. into that. I'm not getting into that. I was gonna say that, that, that's very. That's I mean, the worst thing to get off right about. right off the bat. First podcast we're talking about American interventionism. Let's talk about abortion. <laughs> Only who should be talking about abortion? Scientists. <laughs> Wait, you say the only people who should talk about abortion are scientists? No, I'm talking about like in this format where it's like, hmm. Like, dude, I don't know. I mean, it's like, how can someone be? I was thinking about. The, I was thinking about this day because I was trapped in the rain. I was on a walk, right? Trapped in the rain. Yeah, old man. And I was, and I was thinking, I was like, like political rebranding is such a powerful tool. Like, oh, that's true. A state tax, a death tax, and everyone opposed it. Dude, how man. do you have a political opinion more? How do you trump pro-choice? How do you do that? Pro-choice. Like, I'm I know. <laughs> what you 
Dude, but that's the rhetoric of the of of the. We've talked about this before, but like the moment you realize pro choice isn't like I'm pro abortion. I'm pro. You know, babies. It's pro choice is genius, right? Pro choice is literally you get to have what you want and what the other side wants. It's a perfect compromise. Trump card. The Trump card is pro life. Dude, I mean it's the same thing as they got him. got him, dude. I don't know what like these like marketing rooms like they have in in the GOP of like, but what if we named it the death tax instead of global warming? What if we called it climate change? Hmm. See the the libs they're saying Black Lives Matter. How do we respond? Hmm. Would be wrong to say that Black Lives don't matter. Well, it's, no, you're, I'll all lives matter. <laughs> it's obvious. It's obvious that you know. These well, I think who- I think it ties back to the core. Cor- sorry to interrupt you. I think it ties back to the core of what I said of like democratic solutions versus Republican solutions. Is democratic solutions are generally preventative. It's like this is how we solve the problem before it happens, and Republican solutions are reactionary. I'm not here to suck the DN the DNC's dick, dude. I'm not sick, su- dude. I'm talking about the people. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about like. I'm, I'm talking about how the constituents react, right? It's obvious, it's obvious that uh, people who are pro-life mm-hmm. have never been in New Hampshire, you know, live free or die, right? Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, you go to New Hampshire, that's not what you think. You're not like, hmm, these people are willing to die for the freedom of speech. Like, <laughs> or you live in a cottage and drive a Subaru. Like, live free or die, really? I mean, um, if there's no conflict, it's easy to say that. What's what's more important, choice or, or death? I mean, Dude. obviously, abortion's more complicated than that, but that's like what you're, in terms of slogan, slogans, mm-hmm. pro-life, pro-choice. But but I mean, I, I generally do think, I mean, I know you're, you don't want to get into the saying, like, the Democrats or Republicans, but like, think about the proposals on the right, right? It's almost always... How do we react to the situation, right? And even in these slogans, it's the same thing. Okay, on the left, they said this. How do we react and one-up them, right? But yeah. on the left, the solutions are like, so here's the problem. How do we solve the problem from happening in the first place? How do, like, what's the preventative measure, uh-huh. right? It's like, okay, so this car's overheating and there's a hole in the radiator. What do we do? Hmm, replace the radiator. Or add stop leak. Speaking of holes in the radiator. Yeah. Alex radiator is leaking. Which car? <laughs> the infinity. The infi- Dude, is it because of something y'all... Bad luck. That car is nothing but bad luck. What do you mean? I think y'all are just bad with it. No, we replaced the, we replaced the entire valve covers, dude. Yeah. Gaskets and everything. Mm-hmm. And we cleaned... The intake manifold, we, you know, did all the bolt patterns and the right torques and all that shit. He takes care of it, you know, he paid off, he pays off his tickets. He pays off his tickets? How many tickets does he get? He's only gotten one ticket ever. Dude, how do you get a ticket? Like, I actually, like, I never, dude, I've drifted through parking lots, been pulled over, and the cop was like, when are you going to grow up, son? And I'm like, right now, sir. Like, how Like, how do you get a ticket? Like, go, like I literally did objectively the Two stupidest words. thing Two you words. could. What? 
state troopers. Bro, this guy was more than a state trooper, bro. He was a he was a state troop. He was a sheriff camped out in a barbecue place's parking lot. That is the most. Like, that is the most like. Now you're in trouble, boy. Shit, like of all time, like. But anyway, so he pays off his tickets. It. So what does this have to do with the radiator? Stupid driver. What were we talking about before? Well, preventative reactions versus. No, before that. Cynical politics? Yes. Cynical. People of cynical politics shouldn't speak? No. Just if you're going to criticize capitalism time and time and time and time and time again, yeah. Proper solution. Yeah. And don't use the word socialism because that doesn't help. Well, it's because socialism has been turned into a dirty word. It means. You know? It's like the word liberal. It means something different in every place of the world. Liberal has also become a dirty word. Which what is interesting. Mean, what it, we think it means. Well, what does it mean? Moderate means centrist. <laughs> well, it means moderate centrist here in America. No, it means left. Which is moderate or centrist? Well, our whole political system is so shifted to the right that it's that our left is centrism. Well, I think it's that we're getting more and more young people who lean further left than what like the DNC leans left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where change is like, and also, I mean, really, again, if you think about like the trend line of society, it, it literally only makes sense. It's like the logical conclusion. I was like, oh, how do we make life better? Like, it's like, <laughs> how do we make life expectancy better? How do we make the economy better long term for everyone? Right. And yeah, it's like my theory. I'm like, that's like, yeah, what governments should focus on three things. Pretty much only three things, right? Science, scientists, mm-hmm. the Constitution, mm-hmm. Bill of Rights, or more generally, a, the standard Magna Carta. Code, a standard code of ethics, right? You know. Yeah, the Articles of Confederacy, yeah, of course. I'm not driving, I'm traveling. I'm not driving, I'm traveling. Um, and third... I'm a free inhabitant. Third, and, and not, I mean... Third uh, is long-run economic growth. And that... I thought each of those played into long-run economic growth. Well, they do. But they do. Generally, long-run economic growth is... Uh, if, we, if, if, if society objectively followed the principles of long-run economic growth, mm-hmm. we would uh, be a perfect society, be utopia. Well, that's a str- I don't think utopias are possible. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, people will make the argument about like the stagnation of checks and balances, but if we didn't have checks and balances, maybe it's like shit doesn't get done because of checks and balances, but it's like good, like God forbid, like, no, for real. Like, it's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's like, dude, if that didn't exist, you'd literally just have like, I think you should put light inside their bodies, put the light through the rectum it'll swallow a light bulb <laughs> swallow a very hot light the bread will now be portable <laughs> dude we need that guy as president the bread is oh, now portable guy is that is that a parody that's a parody oh yeah it's totally fake you've seen the, where he cooks the eggs in red bull and then they're rubbery like he's like dude it's horrible Jay, you bring that up for us 
What, <laughs> Jamie? Jamie, we pulled the clip. Okay, that leads me into what I want to talk about. Is so one how? Okay. Meta anything is annoying as fuck. I really, Why is that? Um, I I used to love meta. Yeah, I I love meta things in it, like meta movies, meta any like I really like meta and fourth wall breaking and stuff like that. But I think the general consensus in society is like, if you're listening to a podcast and it's, it be, devolves into a podcast about podcasting, no, it's like stop I am speaking. Anti meta, like bro, movies about movies. Like, yes, The Disaster Artist is very interesting. <laughs> oh, wow, you made a movie about Casablanca? Of, of all the movies about movies, that is not the one I would have brought up. That's so funny. Like, yes, Casablanca. You want to make a movie about making Casablanca? Bro, just watch Casablanca. <laughs> You're like, don't make movies about making movies. It's stupid. No, it's just like... I guess, like, Trumbo is like another example where it's, like, that's interesting because it's about a career. But a, there's a lot of meta movies. Like, have you ever seen the movie The Player? No. I feel like you'd really like The Player. I'm not saying all meta movies are bad. I'm just saying that, that like, I'm kind of tired of, like, movies being about movies. It's like, can I just watch the movie? But, okay, well, where's your line with meta? Like, you brought up like very direct, like it's literally like biopics or that kind of thing, right? What what are you, what about like meta where we're talking about like the movie Cabin in the Woods is meta, or you'd say um, Deadpool is meta, or exceptions are good. Okay, the rule not, but meta but, should but, not be the rule. But those aren't exceptions. I think those are the. But like, what is? So are you saying meta when it's genre is okay, but meta when it's real is not? Yeah. Interesting. That's, a, that's an interesting line in the sand, and I kind of like, understand it. You know, I, I don't know about most people, but I really value my suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. I value it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's just personal taste. Some movies, I can't suspend my disbelief. Some movies, I'm like, just can't get into it. It doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... And it's the smallest thing to get you. You know, I was watching Blade Runner twenty four. I was rewatching Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and they had Elvis in there, right? Sure. Um, like Elvis was playing in the background. Okay. And it seemed, yeah. It natural. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, so their world is the same up until Elvis and Sinatra. Where does the timeline split off? Because yeah, but that's just you, man. Like, I mean, I to- totally understand what you mean, and I have that with. There are so many, dude. I can go deep where I'll be like, ups- like watching Lord of the Rings, and they're like, September. They have September here. What? What is the metric of months? They have day. De- like, <laughs> like what? Exactly. <laughs> you know what it, I mean? I'm like, I don't know if this is. I, I don't know if this is accurate, but Blade Runner takes place in like 2019, 2018, 2019, something like that. I think it's that. Yeah. 19 so or 20, yeah. how do we get there? Like, it's, you know, 2049 and 20 and, and Blade Runner, like, those are very different universes. I mean, they're the same universe, but a lot has changed in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about 30 years before that? Right? Or 30 years before that? You know, 60 years ago, which is, I mean, right now we're in Blade Runner time. So 60 years before now. Yeah. That was wow, that's crazy to think of. Jesus. I was the 60s. So 
Did yeah. the timeline split off there? Is there rapid technological development from there? Hmm. Well, what's very interesting with almost any sci-fi, I think up until a point more recently, but that, again, that's actually, no, I wouldn't even say more recently because, so I have a theory that almost every sci-fi in that, in whatever era it's made, it bases it sort of on the idea that technology will get to a point of where it's like how our technology is right now and evolve based on that, right? Yeah. Well, that's what it's so interesting. Like, I've been replaying the uh, cyberpunk uh, role playing game from the mm. late 80s. Dude, you really <laughs> just outed yourself as a nerd. From the, it's based <laughs> on the, the new video game is based on. It yeah. Come out yet. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's super good and really interesting. But mm-hmm. it is unbelievably 80s. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the technology, it's like, <clears throat> like, there's like, like, oh, you have an optical disc implant in your arm. Exactly. It's like, Dude, did you ever watch Batman Beyond? No, I didn't. I feel like Batman Beyond is so up your alley. It's like aggressively 90s. It's like, it's the future. It's the year 2039 and everything is on tiny CDs. Like that's how they transfer data. Tiny C- That's exactly what I mean. Everything's Taco Bell. Everything's Taco Bell. That's what I mean. It's literally like that. It's the idea that like we can't perceive what the real future is going to look like. So it's based on the technology we have right now. Yeah, like in like Blade Runner, like sorry, not Blade Runner, sorry, in Cyberpunk, the board game, mm-hmm. um, like like you have fold out metal arms that slice people up, mm-hmm. but also you have cassette decks that you can install on your head. Yeah, because cassette, like it only made sense, like the technology, like, and I mean, I even th- I'm not like big on Star Trek, like I don't know enough about Star Trek, but my dad told me that there was like episode whichever is the era of star trek with patrick stewart where they'd walk around with what essentially looks like like tablets like ipads right next gen. no yes next gen yeah and walking around with like tablets right but each tablet is its own document like the idea of like that you'd have like you'd be able to store multiple it's like no you just have a tablet tablet for each document you know it's the substitution for paper like that's yeah. nuts well, speaking of Star Trek, I'm also doing a Star Trek RPG right now. Dude, what? How? What? Where do you find the time for? They're like, what? Is we haven't like... started that one yet, bro. That's goofy. That's hilarious. We're I also think. doing quarantine except for tabletop RPGs. Dude, I. You know what? I guess you're right. Magic: The Gathering. It's I don't in, know. It's in the statement. In, do you not like magic? I don't know enough about tabletop rpgs I never generally i can't handle magic but i never got into it mm-hmm. but my D character right now is based off of a magic gathering character so interesting and see i like in theory i like dungeons and dragons and i also like do you know what gurps is yeah gurps is like dungeons and dragons but it's just like way more expansive is. well i think gurps is really cool i think it's like oh cool it's like it's it's essentially this with no limits right but the limits will make is what makes uh, limits is what makes it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, isn't that interesting? I mean, you kind of tie that back it's like, into it's like a magic. It's like what they say in, with writing fiction. Exactly. You know, a magic system, or you know, you like a uh, ability system mm-hmm. defined by its use, but by its limits. Yeah, which I think is very interesting. That you know, if a character is too powerful or something, they lose. They're no longer interesting. Exactly. Right. Like, I, I really, that's why I really value high, like 
hard science sci-fi mm-hmm. and to an extent like hard science uh fantasy like let's say yeah. Alchemist is really like that's a hard magic system yeah um well also it's like um what was i thinking about that the limitations are what kind of make it yeah it is that uh well i mean that's why i love blade runner because it's so i mean yeah like they're on many worlds and they have clones and all this shit like replicants and mm-hmm. but it's still like feels real like it feels based in well that's what i was gonna say so it ties back into real life right like it's in like in the matrix they talk about like agent smith is like you know we uh, first we had the matrix as a utopia but you rejected it because your minds didn't like like for some reason there's this like nature that we have to have like a little bit of suffering for it to feel real and that's the suspension of disbelief and the limitation i mean again to tie it back into real real life you talked about the bill of rights that's what government like bro that's the limitations of it all makes sense it all ties back together bro i think at least big brain the big brain on brad what's that from galaxy brain no what is it what the big brain on brad yeah look at the big brain on brad get up but um god you hate to get up we can take we can take a pause we can take an ad break where is it it's hiding from me this episode of the podcast is brought to you by blue chew blue chew big brain on brad right here oh that is what big brain on brad is i knew you knew it like i was like damn uh it's funny that i kind of was like oh what movie oh pulp fiction Dude, let's talk about let's talk about A twenty four is the Miramax of today. No, no, no. I don't want to compare anything to Miramax. <laughs> Keep Miramax out your mouth. You're very problematic. <laughs> Wait, you sent me that video today of John Stewart interviewing Tarantino. Did you sleep with the director to get the role? Did you sleep with the director? Yes, I did. <laughs> I gave him a hand job every day for twenty one years. <laughs> he was young. I mean, actually, relatively, he was old. Tarantino's a lot older than the other, his contemporaries. Like, he's older than Robert Rodriguez. He's older than Kevin Smith. He's older than Linklater. He's like... Yeah, but he, he also started before all those guys. Mm, yes and no. Clerks. Do you say no one cares about Clerks? What year is Clerks? I want to say 94. Might be 96. But I want to say 94. Part of me even wants to say 92, but I'm not positive about that. You know how I always get confused? Hmm. Just with their names, not with their movies. David Lynch and David Fincher. Yep. That's everyone. Every day. Everybody. Every Every single person. I'm like, oh, I love that movie by David Lynch. And then you're like, wait, wait. Like, something's off. I love David Lynch. You love David Lynch? I love David Fincher. As a person. I don't like David Lynch. David Lynch is a hoot and a holler. I don't like David Lynch's movies. I don't like his 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 output. It's not my it's not my cup of tea. David Fincher is uh, an amazing director. David Fincher is my cup of tea. But I don't know anything about his personality. I think he's a perfectionist, but otherwise I don't know what 
Like, yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Like, destroy this keyboard fifty-three times in a row, please. He's not Kubrick. Um, what do you think of Kubrick? Would you have I expressed to you my personal opinions about Kubrick? No. I think Kubrick is a little bit overhyped, and I don't think he's the as much of the like auteur people pretend he is. So if you look at the um, so there's this documentary called Room Two Three Seven, which is essentially it's a, I know it. yeah well okay for the audience um, it's essentially just a series of conspiracy theories based on the movie The Shining, right? And a lot of them you like hear it and you're like yeah the evidence all checks out that kind of makes sense like okay so he changed Jack's car from being a red beetle to a yellow beetle because in the book it was a red beetle and then when the groundskeeper drives back to the hotel there's a crashed red beetle and it's like a fuck you to Stephen King like okay that makes sense to me that like all the evidence is in the film totally checks out right I just, but, uh, within the realm of possibility within the realm of possibility right but when you try to tell me that there's a chair in the background, it cuts to the, to the typewriter, cuts back, and the chair's no longer there, and that's a metaphor for the Holocaust, go fuck yourself. Any other director does that, it's a mistake. It's just a mistake, right? But it's this illusion that Kubrick was like, everything was intentional, every single detail, every single frame of painting. Bro, you look Leave at... Two- ice glass on, on Barry Lyndon... Dude, well, Barry Lyndon's is cool because of the technical achievement. But, like, for example, you look at the, uh, like, the transition in um, 2001 A Space Odyssey from the ape throwing the bone up in the air to the monolith. So overhyped. Dude, it's not good. Like, it's like, like, if you did that in film school, right? And they'd be like, hmm. You could have lined it up better. Like you could, like it, it's not a good transition. It's a like <laughs> great, great sentiment. Great sentiment. It's, it's great in concept. Like <laughs> okay, very important question: Coppola or or Kubrick? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Coppola. I'm gonna say Coppola because. Though I'm not a big fan of the Godfather movies, because I personally find them boring, Hmm. I can admit that when you're watching them with an audience, they're very captivating. And you're like on the edge of your seat, right? Especially like Godfather Part 1, where Al Pacino, like they hid the uh, gun in the toilet. And like that whole scene is like a nail biter, right? And I think he sets up and pays off things very well and then the other piece of coppola um what's the or word are you I'm a fan at? of apocalypse now um the apocalypse now has like a lot of great moments but again a movie that i think holistically is too long and tells a shorter story than is like the yeah, length oh, of the film the point with the like show like why you gotta have a whole like song and dance in the middle of the movie oh the vets need their peep show like well that's what i mean there's like a lot of things that just don't fit and there's a lot of very that movie came out in the 70s right there's a lot of very like the new wave of method acting he was like oh martin sheen actually got drunk for this scene and he cut himself and he like it's like okay but 
did it really add to the film? Like, did it actually, like, is there such a notable, noticeable difference on screen? Was his role better in Wall Street? <laughs> was his, wait, I, is Martin Sheen in Wall Street? I don't think he is. I think Charlie Sheen is in Wall yeah, Street. Martin Sheen's and certainly in, in Wall Street. Martin Sheen, I don't think, is in Wall Street. Michael Douglas is, and Charlie Sheen is. I'm not positive about Martin Sheen. He might be. I might be wrong. To no, be fair, you're right. I, it's Charlie Sheen. I never watched Wall Street. I only watched the sequel to Wall Street, Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps, with Shia LaBeouf. You're right. It was Charlie Sheen. I, it was 1980. What is this? 1987. Yeah. Wow, you're really young. So you know how like real men, real men go home and they're like, I'm going to go home and beat off to Roadhouse, right? Mm. Bro, dude, venture capitalists go home and beat off to Wall Street. <laughs> they're like the scene where Michael Douglas is like, greed is good. Like, <laughs> um, But anyways, the piece of Coppola's work that I like the most is Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? And that... That to me is like okay, this guy's a visionary, right? Because it has so many religious movies in the '90s. What do you mean religious movies in the '90s? You dude, Devil, Devil's I, Advocate and I Dracula. I just watched Devil's Advocate yesterday, dude. No, there's so many religious like movies. Like, just God is like in the movies. Like, just okay. Off the top of my head, off the top of my head, '90s movies that are God related or religious related. Okay, Cape Fear. Devil's Devil's Advocate, Cape Fear, End of, God movies. End of Days, um, Temptation of Christ. I think that's the eighties, nineties. It, it might be. It might be late eighties though. Last Temptation of Christ, um, Dogma, Kevin Smith movie. Um, fuck. Would you count Dracula because it's like fit? Like, yeah, there's a God element there. Um, Dr- Dracula. I know there's more movies that go into the like. There are in the '90s, like early '90s, throughout the '90s, like a lot of gritty Christian movies. What do you think that is? Hollywood is a godless place. No, no, I just think it's you know that last breath of. I mean, it's grunge, right? It's that last, like, it's like a after breath of Nancy Reagan's America. Whoa, that's funny. That's interesting. It's like grunge meets like religion. Religion. Have you seen The Crow? No. Well, The Crow delves into the supernatural, and I I think that literally probably that's that perfect it's Venn Blade. diagram. Of Blade, me. dude. Blade too. Yeah. Not Blade two. Blade also. Yes, Blade. Blade. <laughs> dude, Blade two. Blade also. <laughs> but like, yeah, supernatural religious movies. Hmm. Well, I mean, there was a. Why is that? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think I think people as like a whole really like the idea of stories that have elements that are sort of out of their control or out of their power, and especially where those stories demonstrate good triumphing over evil, right? In some way, yeah. it's like it retains like hope in humanity, sort of. If I if it, that's that's like totally blind without really any thought. That's just like my well, maybe off the cuff. Maybe, maybe it's because I just watched a lot of '90s movies. Mm-hmm. 
Um, oh, I mean, even Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah, that's no, I, guess I mean, though. Pulp Fiction is a miracle movie. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, they yeah, literally yeah. talk about that. That's sort of what the but centerpiece I do want to of the movies. And I mean, out of every genre, every, out of every decade before the millennium, mm. um, 90s is what I watched the most of. Um, and I guess you could say that, you know, movies really don't touch on God past decade and a half. What about Bruce Almighty? Or Evan Almighty. Past 10 years. Or God's Not Dead. Or God, God's Not Dead also. Dude, I didn't watch those movies. I you haven't seen those like direct-to-video Christian movies? I didn't movies? watch Evan Almighty. Or Bruce Almighty. I've watched, which one's the one with... One has Steve Carell. One has... Morgan Freeman as God. They both have Morgan Freeman as God, I believe. I might be which wrong. One, which one is Noah's Ark? That's the one with Steve Carell, and that's Evan Almighty. I believe. That. Yeah, I've seen that too. Um, no, there's got to be more faith, but mainstream faith-based movies. Well, I mean, Passion of the Christ was the top-rated rated R film of all time until Deadpool. Kind of interesting. But think about like religious movies in the past 10 years, 2010s. Nothing. Nothing mainstream. I watch a, a lot more... 90s movies and 2000s movies. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about like horror movies? Like The Nun or La Llorona or, you know what I mean? Those are The Conjuring, The Conjuring Universe. Those movies. Dude, haven't seen them. Okay, so just because you haven't seen them doesn't mean it doesn't exist in the past 10 years. Hey, man. Call me Trump because if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm an American. I don't like coming up with ideas by myself. Tell me what I'm supposed to feel. Can't go beach. Can't go beach. Need haircut. Can't go beach. Just shave your head off. Dude, open strip club. Dude, I need a mow. It's a little long. Dude, are you going to become that guy? Bro, I need a haircut. I only shaved my head a week ago. I need a mow. It's a mow. It's mow now, not a haircut. No, but still, like that. <laughs> I got the mall cut. You're like, <laughs> dude, the mall Dude, that goes next level dad joke. Yeah. Not, I got them all cut. I got the mall cut. Yeah, I got <laughs> the mall cut. Bro, that is the most. God. God damn it. You really had to hit him with the, with the dad jokes, huh? With, with the mall cut. With. <laughs> But is that is that like is that lingo within like the bald man community? Oh, I gotta get in mode. <laughs> get in mode. I'll make it within the bald. <laughs> Dude, are you the savior of the bald men? No. <laughs> my grandfather has a fuller head of hair than my dad. It's true. <laughs> Did he get like hair plugs? No. <laughs> the warmths are greasy. Wait, is there a correlation between grease and keeping hair? Someone's making that grease. I, well, no, I remember talking to, to Ella's dad, and he's like, the way to keep your hair your whole life is you got to comb it 100 times forward and 100 times backwards every day. That is some foofy <laughs> shit. No, you stimulate the scalp, bro. It makes sense. That is some like, oh, I saw like it's like some 
Eastern Bloc, like, dude, I, <laughs> I have to, like, I have to, like, like throw three cloves of garlic in the fire and throw salt over my shoulder and kill a goat because I saw a child walking down the street and he stared at me. <laughs> dude, that's like theater superstitions. You just, you must sacrifice a goat, dude. I was telling my dad about, like, I, I was talking to him about the eat white foods thing. Like, I was like, bro, dude, people were hella Explain that. So, it's like, just people were dumb in the 50s. Like, it was like, doctors didn't know what they were doing. Like, they just, like, look at you and they're like, doctor, my stomach hurts. And they're like, oh, I have the solution right here. Just eat white foods. Everyone knows. It's foods that have color in them that hurt your stomach because they're spicy. So, just, you know, eat white bread, uh, mashed potatoes, milk, uh, egg whites, not egg yolks, too spicy. Uh, (laughs) Like... (laughs) when I think of white foods, I think of like uh, yogurt, that really, really shitty celery type stuff they put in salads. Watercress or whatever the fuck it's yeah, called. Watercress, uh, cauliflower. Uh, it's the only thing you can eat. Uh, you got to eat white foods. Otherwise, you, I, I'd rather kill myself than you're gonna have a. <laughs> let me eat watercress for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, dude, I was giving my so I was giving like a speech to my family about like eating healthier. Right. And how like we all have to endeavor in eating healthier during this time of great um, sorrow with the quarantine. Right. And I was like, look, if we just made our diet that the only thing we could eat when we're hungry is boiled potatoes with no salt, no nothing. You'll realize how hungry you really are. You'll know how like if the only thing you can eat is a boiled potato, you'll be like, you know what? I'm not that hungry. Never mind. Like, you'll be fine. That's me here. Like, I ran out of groceries a couple days ago. And, like, I've been surviving off of, uh... Buttered tortillas. Cereal grains. That is the most old hit. Not cereal. Cereal grains. Not cereal, though. It's not cereal. I mean, like, you know, like, rice and uh, buckwheat. <laughs> and, Dude, you know, you're asked, it's not cereal unless it has a lot of sugar in it. Then it's not cereal. No, I'm suffering. Grains. It's what makes cereal. Mm, rice cereal. The cereal crop is basically, you know, it's a carb. Mm, potato cereal. There's something there. Dude, I'm surprised that they didn't like brand that in like the, the 40s as like a racist thing, like the Irish cereal. <laughs> like it's made out of potato. bro. Well, yeah, I mean, there's like each other, but it's like they look each other instead of marshmallows, it's just chunks of potato. <laughs> Gross. Like they're like, yeah. <laughs> you can't really make potatoes sweet, though. Dude, I dare you. I'm sh- sweet potatoes. <laughs> Bro, that's like the poll. That's the competency, like competency, <laughs> competency test. Right? Like, who should be allowed to pink vote? Lemonade comes from pink lemons. <laughs> yeah. It's like questions like that. You go out, like, this is how you decide if someone's, like, allowed to vote. You're like, how do you make sweet potatoes? Right? And, and it's like A, B, C. Right? It's like A, add sugar to potatoes. B, add carrot to potatoes. D, it's its own thing. Like, <laughs> you missed a letter. <laughs> C, all the above. You're not allowed to vote. You missed the letter. Dude, the right be like that, though. You made one small error. Your whole opinion is invalid now. 
you were a bartender. You have no business in politics. <laughs> Bro, only bartenders in Congress. Dude. <laughs> Dude, I saw like a really great video like where this guy's talking about it's like, you live in a small rural town. Who knows everyone's problems? The preacher and the bartender. Who else would be like like who else better to know how to govern a group of people? Like let's talk about um our theory about post truth, that we live in the post truth era. Yeah, theory, it's the truth. Oh, or is it? Alternative fact. But isn't that so interesting, though? Like, the idea that people can just be like, I, I reject your truth and, so like, substitute it with my own. Like, people can be in that much denial about things, you know? Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me, you know? Call me Lil Uzi Vert because I'm in denial. Dude, that joke didn't land with me either. The land with the audience. Audience, comment down below. Did that joke land with you? I don't know if but the cross section of people who play tabletop RPGs and talk about politics. And Dude, listen. who is gonna be our audience? We will have At least none. a little Uzi Vert. That's not a big cross section. Dude, we have to have eight different podcasts for eight different topics: gaming, tabletop gaming. Tic Tac Toe. <laughs> we have our Incel dedicated podcast. Podcast. Dude, shout out the Incels, bro. If you out there, it's okay. It will get better. Don't become a hateful individual. Seriously, it will get better. Just I don't care. It's that easy. What? I said just have sex. It's that easy. Dude, don't tell them that because it's not true. That's not true. It's not that easy. Step one: be a better person. Step two, reflect on yourself. Dude, but see, I can't say be a better person. Step one, don't have such thin wrists. (laughs) Is that like a thing? Is that like incels have thin wrists? No, it's like they're like, women don't like me because I have thin wrists and and thin limbal rings. You know what limbal rings are? It's that band of dark color around the, around your color of your eye. Dude, what? This is, that is the most incel shit I've ever heard. Mm Mm-hmm. Bro, look at Timothy Chalamet. He has the daintiest wrists and thin, nimble rings. Come nimble. on, man. Nimble. Dude, if, if Chalamet can do it, you can do it. Okay? Look, Oscar, when I first met him, told me... Oscar, when, I, when, he, when we first met, told me some very sound advice. He said, hey, man, everybody's somebody's type. So, incels, if you're out there, if you're listening... Everybody, somebody's type, and I don't care if you're 25 and dude. Well, that dude, that's important. No, no, no. That's jokes aside. Like I'm pandering to the incels right now. I that's a topic I'd be willing to talk about, and I think is like the idea of like be like, oh, by the way, like women are people too. Like they have feel like it. It goes both ways. They're the same as you. They're the same as you. Yeah. Like it. It literally goes both ways. And you have to. You were raised. That's what I was saying about earlier. Like you were raised to, as it'd be very controversial. Mm-hmm. But you're raised to view women differently. You're raised to. Oh, totally. View women as women first, and and as, it's like they're women first, and other and people second. You know. Yeah, I mean, well, where do you think that starts societally? Does that start at the home? Does that start in school? Does that start, start... humanity, man? We're like it's it's kind of bred into us that like it's us versus them. It's on mm. them. You think so? You think that's just like human nature? Yeah. 
Mm. Us versus them, it's a survival instinct. You know, oh, other tribe, other tribe is evil. Other tribe will steal the food. I don't know about that, though. I don't think it's very in tune with just human nature to think, ah, the female of our species is our opponent. Well, no, like, I'm just talking about like us versus them, not necessarily men versus women, but us versus them. Well, that's true, but how does that relate to the issue of the, the treatment of women in society? I think that's bred into us. I think it starts in I think it starts in the school and in society. Also, it's like even subconscious things, small things like yeah, um, that we don't even take seriously. We're like, nah, right? But like, I remember when I was growing up, like you know, I was I was already like a younger teenager. Uh, you know, a prominent adult in my life um, was like, and it's not like my father or anything. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh yeah, you go in to kiss a girl. If she says no, if she, like, she pushes you away, go in one more time, just in case. Be assertive. See, that's what you're, that's what, that's what Ooh, men are taught. That's problematic. See, that's Be what men assertive. are taught, right? That's true. That is true. I mean... And I'm not saying just because you're taught that means it's right and you should follow it. No, well, if anything, we need to unteach that from a younger age, right? Like the solution, see, because that's when you get into the the danger zone of you have the people being like, oh, but he was young and he was stupid, right? Well, no, he wasn't wasn't young and he was stupid. He was young and impressionable and was like taught to think this way. And he is lonely and doesn't have a girlfriend and he's, 14 or 15 bro and you say hey if you go and kiss a girl and she pushes you away if she says no go in again to show you're assertive that's backwards thing for an impressionable very problematic well dude you know okay you want to talk about a girlfriend you're just not assertive enough dude that's uh, dude okay maybe i'm wrong here but you know what what shit i think shouldn't be allowed like on the internet or like this is the shit that should get demonetized or like whatever bro those videos that say like how to get a girlfriend or like you know what i mean like bro i'm worried about wait what pickup artists i guess pickup art yeah i mean like i think that's pretty dangerous to society isn't like yeah tom cruise and magnolia like because that's what those videos basically are it's like so you can't get a girl like here are the steps you're the fox it's like here, well, you know, none of them are that overt anymore. Cause see, that's the interesting thing I think as like the advancement of society, right? It's not that these things go away; it's that they just get hidden, right? Well, yeah, I mean, like even when it's like blatant, like what I told you, like it was like that person told me, it wasn't like when I heard that, I wasn't like, wow, I'm gonna stop talking to this person. It's more like, yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But I, I think in terms of those videos that are, it's like, you know, uh, you can't get a girlfriend. Here are the six easy steps to like, obviously it's not going to outright say like, do you know what I mean? But it is like, just be more confident. Just show yourself that you're a confident man who takes action. Like that's problematic, bro. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately it's just, I mean, raises equals. Not just that, but we, I mean, I think that transcends just like a gender thing. Like, and it's not school, dude. It's not school. No, school definitely plays into it in a way. 
Dude, Maybe. dress codes, dress codes, the dumbest shit, bro. Yeah. Because yeah. dress code is basically like enabling that. It says you can't dress this way because then you'll be distracting to the boys. The fuck? How well, would the boys just be better? A lot more conservative part of our society. Yeah. Um, you know, other than the dress code in middle school, it was like the length of your skirt down to the fingertips or whatever. Which is like dumb as fuck because like people have different proportions and shit. It's and like no shoulders. Dude, no um, shoulders is big stupid. Is small brain energy. But other than that, I mean, I think a lot of it is how I mean, like, if you have a son being mm-hmm. raised by a father who was raised by a father who was mm-hmm. raised by a father, Ooh. you know, yes, every generation slowly like loses some of this like oh like super overt sexism, mm-hmm. but it doesn't go away just because time passed. Yeah. Were raised to think that women were lesser or women weren't equal or women were different, you're gonna pass that on unless you unlearn it. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean this is terrible how our boys are raised. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean it's sort of this culture of enable like the worst behavior and then apologize for it and say, well, and okay, to an extent, I understand it. Obviously, it totally makes sense. Like the idea that a lot of things you can't learn the lesson of it being wrong without experiencing it, right? Like that's like a ton of things in life that, like, even if you're told, you know, don't do this or like you're going to regret this, right? It's not until you experience it that you're like, fuck, like I do actually regret, like, damn, like I shouldn't have done that drug. I shouldn't have done, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it takes, a lot of times, even if you have like the warning, and I mean, I think it, it, it comes from also what you see a lot when, I don't know if they had this like in high school for you, but we had this thing called like social emotional learning where they talked about like, like, you know, drugs or like yeah. sexual assault, things like that. Right. And holistically, there's a collective eye roll from the student body. Right. They're like, oh, this. Right. Because in a way, also, like, in, in one element, it's, like, the instinct to rebel. Another, it's, like, I, I just don't like being told what to do. And, you know, I, I know better, right? I don't need you to tell me. It starts with, like, it's so weird how our society values mothers so much. Mm. Right? The mother is the most important person in our society. Yes. Yet it's valued monetarily very low. Yeah. Um, but even beyond that, why does our like definition of masculinity come from our fathers? Because they were who we look up to. Sure. I mean, especially I think it obviously depends. I think your father's absent a lot. You know, he's not there. Or he's in business trips or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you know maybe he just Ooh. you know grew up with a father, mm-hmm. you know. Then you have to form your own, you know, or find it in media. Yeah, or, which can be problematic. Or you know, you think you form it yourself, which you know if you, it's hard for a, a know, young person to a young just person to do, yeah. yeah. That's true. I mean, Especially I think. Seems like women are against them. We're talking Ooh. about, and we're talking tying about, it back to incels. Well, I mean, heteronormativity. We're talking about heteronormativity here. Ooh, yeah. Um, 
but you also have to consider something like we. It's I know that statistically, mm-hmm. gay men and trans women mm-hmm. born as men mm-hmm. are statistically a minority, and statistically True. a strong minority. You know, they're not a very large group. I mean, depending on the statistics. Mm-hmm. And plus, I think that a lot of, there's so many men that are by but will never realize it Ooh, that's facts bro what's um, the societal yeah. constraint like it's yeah, like this like, look at women women being bi totally fine socially like, acceptable yeah honestly i i couldn't count i couldn't count more than one hand of women that i know that are straight yeah who identify as just straight up straight like yeah it, almost every every female i know is you know they're like at least yeah they're like i'm bi you know Exactly. Absolutely. But now, with, with men, I it's like... the same amount of men mm-hmm. that are bi. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, the same I, amount of men as... You know the same straight. amount of men who are, who are bi as women who are straight. I got yes. it. Yeah, okay. Um, and you think why that is. Maybe it's genetics. Maybe, you know, men are just genetically predisposed to like women more than women are like men but Mm. i think it comes from society holistically but from both sides from both sides because because since it's sort of normalized and glorified the the image of like oh the girls making out with each other like Mm -hmm. for some reason that's like like hardy's commercial yeah, exactly. Like, or like the like the college movie of like the girls make out and the dudes high five. Like, who's ever done that in real life? And if you have, I f- I genuinely doubt you actually like got pleasure out of that. Like, you literally just saw that in a movie and thought that makes sense, right? Because there's not like, okay, maybe this is just me, but to me, there's nothing about like, man, I'm watching these two girls make out. That's so cool. Like, you know, like it's just like it is. Like, it's not like it is what it is. Like, it doesn't have. You know what I mean? Oh, whoa! Wait, what? I said, I, I said, homo. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. If two dudes make out, right? It couldn't just be like us two dudes making out, or like that's sick true. two dudes making out. Like, it's like that's good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I mean. That's also how we're raised. Like, okay, back to my point. Yes, the amount of gay men and trans women born as men is statistically small. Yeah. Depending on who you ask, and depending on what our science tells us now. Yeah. Um, even though it's statistically small, it should still be, like, not codified in us to be straight. I agree. I mean, I think it only makes sense. Like, I mean, it's codified in us to be like fighters and astronauts and. Ooh, I don't even know. Yeah, I think you're enabling the Prager U rhetoric. Like, make man manly again. It's. <laughs> no, I'm saying it, it's codified in us to be fighters, like a boxer or an astronaut or a race car driver, which are statistically, like at least for an astronaut, impossible, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, not impossible, but. Mm-hmm. It's just extremely unlikely. Then why is it that we codify straightness if it's statistically so much more po- pro- probable? I mean, hmm. If I mean, yes, being gay is not like 
something to aspire to. It's just normal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> thought you were going down a dangerous I'm rabbit hole. Like, no, no, I mean, it's not like, like people don't, we don't, as a society, we don't put like that being gay on a pedestal of like, this is what all kids should achieve. You know, like we that's what the astronaut. right's afraid of. That's what the right's like we do with astronauts, right? <laughs> that's that what the right's afraid of. That we do with Damn. astronauts. If the libs astronauts. get what they want, all your kids will be gay. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, your kids will be forced to be gay, or, or like you know, president or whatever. You know what I mean? Like those right. types of where it's like mm-hmm. golfer, pinnacle to reach for. But still, we push our kids to reach for the stars and. And not to really worry about poss- like probability because probability is the worst thing to instill in your child from a young age. Ah, but that is statistically unlikely. That you Ooh, that's that. interesting. That like hits close to home in a weird way. Like the idea is like, oh, no, don't, it, don't pursue your dreams. They're impossible. Like <laughs> it is statistically unlikely you will get ice cream this evening. You should, <laughs> you should go with the safe bet. Don't try to stretch. Don't like. It is statistically unlikely that you will be gay. Well, okay. I mean, I think everyone's a little bit gay, bro. I don't care who you are. Like, I think to varying degree, like, I think every single person got a li- like, I think that's why it's called a spectrum, you know? Like, it's not like... I'll, I'll go first on the record here is... I'm not gay. No, I mean... I'm gonna make it very clear. I'm not a gay. A lot of people... I'll, no, I'm gonna put it right here. A lot of people think I'm gay. Yeah. I don't try to hide the fact that people think I'm gay. Word. I don't really care that people think I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter what my sexuality is. True. Whenever I fill out surveys, I never fill out my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Dude, you know? what surveys oh. ask that? What the fuck? Dude, that shouldn't even be a question on a survey. It's, fuck it's that like, shit. It's like the doctor's office or whatever, you know? That's so... Uh, I kind of get it. I understand I why like, in the doctor's office country. Okay. You know, like, it's that still. sort of thing. I'll never answer my sexuality because it's not mm-hmm. important. Who I want to fuck in my, in my downtime is none of your business. Mm, End of story. Good. Yeah. But the fact that I fit into heteronormativity is also no one's business. You know what I mean? Interesting. Like, yeah. I'm... I am aware that I have the privilege of never facing discrimination because of my sexuality. Word. Well, yes and no. Like, overtly, yet, but since you give off a gay vibe, you could get, like, accosted. You know what I mean? Vibe. I'm not, no one's like, wow, that guy's real fucking <laughs> Like, is Oscar, does Oscar like women? <laughs> no, but I'm, well, also, that's within the circles that we, like, we talk and hang out with people who are very progressive and open-minded you know like no one no one at our school is going to be like is he gay like you know but like if like we plopped you in the middle of south carolina they might be like what's up with this guy he's wearing this fucking you know he's wearing pants in the summer look at this (laughs) dude i think you gotta (laughs) steer clear of (laughs) some of these phrases but um cut it out cut it out censor it censor wait dude what i was talking god who the fuck was oh my god it was so funny it was like i dude i think i was talking to my therapist like it was like about like the over diagnoses of things like in the modern era right that like almost every kid you see like they have something right yeah 
Like no matter what, like that. And like, the truth is probably, yeah, everyone does have something or varying degrees of, but like how it's been to use your word codified it's, in the, it's, it's pharmaceutical industry. You make, money well, yeah, that's part of it. Ritalin off of, you know, Adderall. That's part of it. But I like, it's a thing that comes up. Like I talk to my parents about it all the time, you know, like the idea of like a kid who'd be labeled as like being on the spectrum now or like autism Asperger's right would like if it's 1950 they're like oh what do you mean he's just a weird kid he's just a weird kid he, he's he a likes little player, to- right Ooh. oh that's what it is it was it was it was a looney tunes cartoon mm-hmm. with foghorn leghorn yep. right and he's talking he's like i say i say i have never seen a boy who'd rather read a book than play baseball like that's that shit bro but that's what I mean. Like, it would just be like, oh, he's just a weird kid. He'd rather read than go outside. Like, but, but in the modern era where there's an overdiagnosis of everything, where everything, it's the pharmaceutical industry, it's pushing. It's like, because, I mean, that's a really interesting discussion is the idea of, so I think a lot of times when we talk mental health, right, there is, there is a sort of brush over what could be like the solution within you like diet exercise whatever like to feel better now i think that is a dangerous rabbit hole where you just yada yada all mental health problems too like well if you just work out and eat a healthy diet and have balanced vitamins and like whatever you'll be fine right because there's definitely people who just like that first step like getting out of bed is so hard you know what i mean like Step one is e- like even too challenging. So yeah, medication makes sense. The problem is with, you know, the pharmaceutical industry and the privatization of the distribution of drugs is the idea that you have these lobbyists who like go to doctors who are like, would you like a, vac- uh, a vacation in Aruba? Would you like this paid dinner, blah, blah, blah. All you have to do is up the dosage that you've diagnosed all these people. Like, you know, like, it's not like these people need this medication. Sure. But now you're over prescribing. Like they're give, like yeah. you're giving them way too many milligrams of whatever. And if you realize that like, oh, I can just sell the extra for money. Dude. And that creates an even danger, more dangerous rabbit hole, you know, even, even t- <laughs> but it does. It creates an even more dangerous rabbit hole of then you're invite, like how we can have still the remnants of like Reaganomics and the war on drugs, right? But just completely disregard the opioid crisis because it's good for the bottom line is insane to me. Yeah. And how these companies, although they're in huge glass action lawsuits right now, bro, it's a dent. It's a dent, bro. Well, that's why I said white collar crime. The, the, <laughs> the consequences just be, you lose all your money. You lose your balls. You lose. Cut them off. Is that where we go to? That's the future of, of law? We, we regress to eye for an eye? Two Old Samuel Jackson. In what? Because that sounds familiar, but I can't place it. What? Oh. Wait, but he doesn't lose. Who? No one loses their balls in I know, Django. He plans to cut off Django's they balls. Try to, no, no, but it's in Hateful Eight. He does get shot in the balls, doesn't he? Or is it the other dude who gets shot in the balls? Someone for sure gets shot in the balls. Samuel Jackson is not in. Dude, if you're about to tell me Samuel Jackson isn't in Hateful Eight. Yes, he is. No, he I was about to say. No, uh... It's the other guy then. No, it is Samuel Jackson, I believe. They both get shot. 
but one of them gets shot in the balls. The other one. Spoilers. Spoilers for hateful spoilers eight. for hateful eight. Don't watch it, anyways. But <laughs> spoilers for hateful eight. If you haven't Miyamo seen it Jeff. already, don't see it. Miyamo Jeff at the end. <laughs> That's spoilers for the ending. <laughs> Avengers Endgame spoilers out of context. Hateful Eight spoilers out of context. Miyamo Jeff. <laughs> My name Jeff. Dude, that's Dude. so accurate too. He's played. Is he? Is he like Mexican in that movie? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing tan face. <laughs> no, I don't think he. No, no, actually, maybe he is. He definitely speaks Spanish in the movie, but I don't know if it's ever played that he for sure is Mexican. But anyway, Miyamo Jeff. Because there's Mexican Bob, right, in the movie. See. <laughs> Dude, I think that actor isn't even... I think he's white, that actor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Sus. <laughs> is that where we go? The casting in Hollywood? Ooh, it's a little tricky. Is it? I mean, I think... Can we talk about Anthony Hopkins right now? And his tan face in Zorro? Yes. Dude, Zorro's a badass movie. I don't care who, like, what's in it. But, I mean, it's true. Probably Zorro wouldn't fly today just because, you know, it's a movie where you're supposed to all be essentially Mexican characters. Well, Anthony Hopkins is supposed to be Spanish or of Spanish descent, right? Yeah. And arguably so is the whatever colonel. And then I guess by default, so is Catherine Zeta-Jones. Spo- spoilers for Mask of Zorro. If you haven't seen Mask of Zorro, do watch Mask of Zorro. It's a very good movie. It's very fun. Uh, I think basically any modern comic book movie should try to be as good as Mask of Zorro. When you said it was Batman Begins, mm-hmm. sorry, Did- Dark Knight, whatever, Batman Begins, that's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. The first Nolan movie? The first Nolan movie, yeah. It is Batman Begins. It's Batman Begins with better superhero iconography. Yeah. Like, it, it achieves the campiness perfectly. Like, the exact suspension of disbelief while also being like, yeah, it's a badass shot of having a dude on a horse on top of a castle. Who cares if it doesn't make sense? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the only part of the movie where it was like, I was like, mm. well, also it was really cool when he was riding the two horses at once. Yeah, I mean, but that's like that action set piece. That's very much, but what was I going to say about Zorro? And so, I mean, what's very interesting is the the casting of Catherine Zeta-Jones, right? As like, oh, we want someone who's, foreign-ish right like welsh how about that like you know and it's really dude if you talk to my grandma and mom about like the hollywood politics of latina actresses it is so funny it is so like what what do they say yeah well so basically like apparently salma hayek was gonna be in that role in zorro yeah and like the studio was like no she's not bankable or something like that right Mm -hmm. and then they have like my my grandma and (laughs) jesus my grandma and mom have like very strong opinions about how like uh j-lo is like a superior actress to salma like period yeah and they're like well if you look at salma and this and then compare j-lo and hustlers like j-lo's a badass like but it's very fun like they have very strong opinions about about this topic which I don't know. And like the politics of Hollywood at, at the time, which I didn't expect from that. Like they were talking about this the other day and I was like, Oh, speaking of uh, really good channels about actresses from the nineties 
Mm. Um, Be Kind Rewind. Very good YouTube channel about Hollywood politics. Specifically focusing on, on actresses. Have you seen the movie Be Kind Rewind? No. With Jack Black? You wouldn't like it. It's a meta movie. It's a very meta movie. It's a, I never, I didn't it's, like meta movies. It's a movie where Jack Black and this other guy, I'm forgetting his name, but they basically remake movies like on a budget. And then like like um bootleg them through the video store they work at. Like they remake Ghostbusters and they remake like it's very funny. I actually I don't remember the movie well enough to actually say it's a good movie or it's very funny, but I remember as a child I enjoyed it enough. Yes. It it's like the experience I had watching Click as a child, the opposite. Like it's like I don't remember it that well, but I like Click, I don't remember it that well, but I know I was unhappy watching it, right? Be kind, rewind. I don't remember that well, but I remember liking it when I was younger. Like, yeah, of course, <laughs> dude. Click sucks. I think about but, click sometimes. Wait, you still haven't seen click? That's what makes it funnier, right? <laughs> Let's talk about Adam Sandler's career. It's a prequel to Uncut Gems. <laughs> that makes it better. That makes it so much better. Oh my, dude, that makes it so much better. That's great. Oh, my God. Um, let's talk about Adam Sandler's career. Okay. The water I'm boy. Not, I'm Spanglish. Not, I'm not well-versed on his career. Grown-ups, too. Grown-ups, also. Grown-ups movies. I've watched Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I've watched Uncut Gems. Mm. I've watched a couple of shitty ones in between. Mm. That's about it. Do you think Adam Sandler is one of those people who's like, this guy was never meant to make it, and somehow he did. No, I think he was one of those people who, you know, he was good. He's funny. His old stuff is Mm -hmm. funny. It's just, they let him go. Like, they let him go off the rails? Yeah. I mean, look at how... I think he was just really successful. He was super successful, and then he made his own studio, and was like, I'll just make the movies I want to make. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they let him go. I mean... He, he would have a lot more, a lot I think more celebrated career, if they really kept the reins on him. Yeah, and I, I rarely would say that for an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, but well, I think it's the same way with Jim Carrey, in a way. I mean, look at let's look at. Um, well, both of them have delved into the serious, and, and they're good at it. They're both good at serious roles. You can look at both of yeah. them in serious roles, I and mean, they're both capable. I think that you know. Uh, Adam Sandler and Meyerowitz stories. I honestly think that's a better role than Uncut Gems. I think that's one of, I think that's his be- my favorite of his, of his performances because it's so subtle. Mm-hmm. And so talk about, um, oh my God, what's his name? Marriage Story, what's his name? Adam, Adam Driver. No, the director. Noah Bombach. Noah Bombach, yeah. Say what you will about Noah Bombach, who I've kind of been on a binge about. uh, You've been on a binge about. Yeah. Been on Noah Bombach binge. Mm -hmm. Watch Marriage Story. Watch Meyerowitz Stories. Hipster New York Film. Watched Francis Ha. Hipster New York Film. Watched Squid and the Whale. Hipster New York Film. Couldn't get through it. It was way too close to home. Because it's a hipster New York film? No, because it's about divorce. Oh. 
I mean, they're all about divorce. <laughs> What's the other one? It has Ben Stiller and Adam Driver. It's called When We Were Young, I believe. I haven't watched it. Anyway, he's in Meyerwood Stories, and he's very good. Mm-hmm. I, what happened to Obambach as a kid? What, what, how was he traumatized? I mean, like, all his movies are about... Dude, I think that's his recent life. I don't think that's his childhood. All of his movies, for his that's... entire filmography, every single one of his movies is about relationships failing in New York. Yeah, I think that's his recent life. I really don't think that's, like, from his childhood. I think that's his adult life. I mean, I, I think probably... Yeah, like, every single movie is about, like, yes. relationships failing and the backdrop is New York. You literally just described every Woody Allen movie. It's the same shit. It's like the auteur who his he writes what he knows, and that's his experience. You know. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Um, but I love yeah, I I think that back to Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler. I think both of them have the capacity to do very serious, but I think the things that they're inclined to, like they just like being goofy. You know. And sometimes Goofy just doesn't play with all audiences, you know? Call it, you know, George Lucas syndrome. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, How do you think it ties back to to Georgie Boy? Because George Lucas got free reigns on a trilogy. He surrounded himself with Yes Men, and he made exactly what he wanted. Huh. He directed... Zero good Star Wars movies, with the exception of the first one. The first one, which basically was co-written by his wife. Ah. Before they got divorced. So you don't count Return of the Jedi as a good Star Wars movie? Just curious. I'm not judging. I'm just curious. I mean, did we? Did he direct that movie? I'm pretty sure. I think someone else started directing it, and then he exactly. finished he it. He didn't have reins on it. Uh, I mean, he did. Like he, ch- I mean, he added the Ewoks. The Ewoks were him for sure, because it was yeah, no, about marketability the worst to children. Part of movie. Man, you can hate on the Ewoks if you want. Directed by Mr. Richard Marquand. You can hate on the Ewoks if you want, but I think the Ewoks have their their place you know what i mean yeah but it's like easily, easily the most controversial part of the movies the walks of, of the movie yeah i don't know i don't think george lucas is a good director holistically i would agree overall but he has I no mean, track record he has what no track record as a director now his how idea- much play did he have in the production of the indiana jones films it's he was, I, I don't, I don't know. I really because, don't know. well, I know he had a lot his more of a part. What? His ideas are amazing. Well, he had a, he had a lot bigger of a part in um, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, right? Like, the worlds he builds yeah. are amazing. Like, that's his, he's extremely talented when it comes to world building. You really you know? think so? I think you're being a even little bit prequel, generous. Even in the prequels, you could say the intellectual property when it comes to the prequels is more exciting than intellectual property from the original trilogy. I would agree with you, but I think it just falls short fundamentally. Like the concept of incorporating space politics, super smart, super interesting. The execution, 
weak as fuck. Like, well, it, yeah, I'm saying, like, he's not a good director, but his ideas are what got him famous. Is he has this imagination mm-hmm. and this grasp on this world that, up to him, up to the, like his point, no one had mm-hmm. thought on that like level, and had it executed in the way he did. Yeah, he made it grounded. But couldn't you make the argument that since you can pull a lot of Star Wars, the first one, to, you know, old samurai movies, old westerns, right? That really the reason that movie is successful is, be, I mean, you can talk about the hero's journey thing too, right? But yeah. fundamentally it works because it is a recycled idea, right? And the only thing that's different is the setting, right? And where he succeeded was the setting. And then every continuation of that, right, is trying to work within the confines of that setting but creating a new story. And that's why, regardless of if you're a Star Wars fan, whatever, and you have your opinions of, like, which are the best, like how you'd rank them, right, you're always going to have people who find shortcomings in one of the films, whichever film it is, right, of saying, like, hey, like I didn't like this part of it because you can't, like you it's hard to tell a new story within the realm of that universe. I mean, have you watched Seven Samurai? I haven't. That movie is very long. Mhm. Very long. And it's it's a bit of an epic, but yeah. you know, it's a lot more colloquial than you would think. Hmm. Right, it's a lot more of a buddy movie like, "Oh, I'm getting all my homies together and we're really going to build a ragtag team." Well, it's the same as The Magnificent 7, right? I've also not seen The Magnificent Seven. I've only seen the remake with Chris Pratt and Denzel Washington. I haven't seen either. Um, Dude, the cast think- of the remake is insane. It's like literally an insane cast. It has, it has um, who's the guy who plays um, the Kingpin in Daredevil? Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio, Ethan Hawke, Denzel you know, Washington. You know that one movie with Bruce Willis where it's guns. Dude, you're gonna have to help me out here. Bruce Wilson guns. It's like half. Death of Bruce Wish was it called? No, it wasn't Death De- Wish. Well, he he is in Death Wish, the remake, I guess. Yeah. No, one where it's like Bruce Willis shoots a bunch of people. Dude, Die Hard. And he's a doctor. This makes no sense. You just made up a movie. There's no movie that they'd trust Bruce Willis to play a doctor. Dude, hold on. Dude, unless. The only movie I think where Bruce Willis played it. No, he didn't play a doctor in that movie. I was going to say Planet Terror. Death Wish. Yeah, Death Wish. Oh, okay. Death Wish then. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio was his brother. Hmm. Almost like John Cena being Vin Diesel's brother in the next Fast and the Furious movie. Um, Bro, they're bringing everyone back. Dude, all the actors from Tokyo Drift are in it. Wow, really? Yeah. Everyone. That doesn't seem right. Dude, look at the IMDb. You don't All do it right actors? now. Well, like the main ones, bro. Lil Bow Wow. Lil Bow Wow. Um, the dude who's 37 in high school. Um, no, no, no. 37 in high school in whenever that movie takes place in. Yeah. And now he's like 50. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, exactly. So he's 50 years old, but he's really supposed to be, what, like 20? Sure, dude. Twenty-five. What the? F- Do you think that ties into it? Back to back to the 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 treatment of women in society, right? Or like problematic 
predatory behavior. I'm going to tie it back into that. Um, you think it's like the image of what a man is supposed to look a man is supposed to look like in high school you see in media? Of course, right? bro. Men in high school are fucking thin-wrist weirdos. Exactly. But movies are like it's like it's John Travolta. It's the cast this of Riverdale. Football costume. He's like the it's, big guy, bro. Dudes in the football team and don't even look like that. Don't even look like that. Like even the most dude, the most beef guy just looks beefed. Like he looks like big. Like he does not look like he's like look at this chiseled Adonis. Like it's you know what I mean. No, the 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 even the football players are like it's like, bro. It's just this linebacker who you knew when as a kid. And he goes hunting on the weekend. Like that, that's like, why like, is that universal? Why is that universal? What is that? You know what dude, I mean? Like that's, that's di- not dude. His whole Instagram is just fish. Dude. <laughs> he's it's not like, like this, like super masculine. Like she, she fucked every guy in the football team, bro. What? That's like, dude, what? Oh, you mean the hunting club. Like, nah, bro. That did that. That apparently actually did. Ooh, ooh, that's like bad. That happened in like a high school, not my high school, but a different high school. Like it was like a scandal. Thing like that, like trope. Dude, I'm pretty sure also there was something like a coach like fucked a mom or something like that. Bro, sus. That's like movie, dude. How people get themselves into movie situations? Like, it's like uh, <laughs> crazy stupid love. Yeah, I get. Yeah, dude, dude. See that movie, Suspension of Disbelief, ridiculous, but I still like it. No matter what, I still I mean, like it. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty – I never was like, this is – Dude, it's a little bit absurd. It's a little bit absurd. The but romantic it's comedy – It's more like, no way, that's crazy, instead of like a, I do not believe that. Yeah. I it's guess. It's like it only happened in a movie, but it's also like – Dude, it sounds like – it's like the idea – it's like almost as ridiculous. Like here's like an anecdote. Like here's like an idea of like a story right imagine it's like your your ex-girlfriend right you're so like you're like off in college right and so is your ex-girlfriend and then your parents like your parents and your ex-girlfriend's parents get into a car accident like that like that's movie shit like like oh hi the, what would that happen to yeah <laughs> it happened to my ex-girlfriend with another one of her exes like her like, <laughs> oh did you see that news story recently where it's like this guy driving a stolen car crashed into another stolen car did you look up news right before this no i because i did and i saw there's like the guy in stolen car crashes into woman with stolen car match made in heaven bro who steals cars stealing cars seems like the least practical thievery I mean, if you're still like a 94 Corolla, it's dude. Pretty- but the idea of, of stealing a car to keep it, you know, you can get you stealing can get a car. With, you know? Dude, I don't know, man. I just think it, it sounds big stupid. Like, it's like you're going to get caught eventually. <laughs> That's true. It's one of those crimes where it's like, unless you're bringing it to a chop shop, how are you going to get away with this? Bro, also, what fucking movie do you live in where it's like, I'm going to take it to a chop shop? Like, <laughs> Hey, we obviously we'll, don't live in SoCal. We're laundering money. We're laundering money in the chop shop. Like, like I, I, I have a, a hard time believing that that's like real life. And I think you want to talk about another thing of like society is problematic, right? 
Bro, it plays into that. If they disband the police in Minneapolis, the criminals are going to move there to commit crime. <laughs> Dude. Uh huh. I see that law enforcement. There is no law in Minneapolis. I'm going to leave my my secret lair. Hmm. Yes, I will go to Minneapolis to commit crime. It'll be like the wild middle. (laughs) The wild middle. No, the mild middle. (laughs) The mild. Think about what they call Minnesota is the upper Midwest. Yeah. Bro, none of those terms are accurate. <laughs> Bro, Midwest is not an accurate term. <laughs> That's I mean, fun. you know what's funny is a lot of, not, I, I haven't heard this from anyone, but there is a movement in, in Minneapolis and in Minnesota to rename, mini, like recategorize Minnesota as the North. Mm-hmm. That's it. Recategorize Minnesota as um, South Canada because it's the northernmost state. Yeah, no, the, I see what you mean, man. In the, in the lower forty-eight, yeah. Exactly. Did you know that? No, I didn't. But it it ma- it makes sense. It adds up. It's not Maine. I I dude, why you gotta get defensive about this? No one sit. No one's like it's Maine. Don't tell me otherwise. Because like on the map, it's like, oh, Maine's the highest. But like lobster, the curvature of the Earth, whatever. The curvature, <laughs> bro. Are we gonna trigger the flat earthers? First episode, dude. We got everyone angry. Okay. We're gonna get the flat earthers angry. I think it's what you call a flat earther. This is, I saw this thing today about how... Hold like, on. Drake texted me. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, hold up. Dude, why old people check phones always like this? Bro, when you hand your mom your phone, she takes it. <laughs> and look at this. Grabs phone. Grabs. It's like, oh, mom, you want to look at this meme? Here. <laughs> but dude it's the two hand technique it's a oh. Oh. huh you know I saw this tweet once where it's like you saw a tweet where it was like why do moms always take your phone when you show them something yeah and then I handed that to my mom <laughs> wow dude you tied it all together. Well, she she took it from, from me. She's like, let me see this. Mm, nice, nice. I think, out I, I think I'm gonna call it an evening. Yeah, I think I think this is a good conclusion. Well, everyone, if you like this episode, um, please consider. Please, <laughs> no. How do we conclusion? Just Don't no subscribe. conclusion. Don't subscribe. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Do we we do reverse psychology? So if you like this video, dislike this video, uh, don't share, don't comment, um, don't subscribe. Don't subscribe. Whatever you do, do not subscribe. You would never want to subscribe to this podcast. It's the worst podcast. Tremendous um, dislike. Tremendous failure. Tremendous failure. Downvote. Uh, do not support us on Patreon. Um, Dollar Shave Club. Don't use the discount code. Whatever you do. Okay. okay. Good night. Good night. Bye.